0: And welcome to the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we are joined by your very best friends and the 2023 fashionistas of the podcast world, Alan Kasen and Jim Morrow. How are you guys I doing? I was
1: really hoping you were going to say 2024, and you were saying you were predicting the future. That would have been amazing. Yeah. So amazing. I was,
2: I I've got a I've got like, look we have no money um but we should we get don't. some yeah, and we, should. we, we should. need to hire a full-time speechwriter just for the opening
1: yes no i <laughs> really like, i like i like brett just winging it i mean uh, i, don't yeah, like, I do let, like let's it. just
2: you know my favorite what he part comes about up it is, in the moment yeah my favorite part is like the the moment where i'm like looking him in the eye and and, and, and there's the fear of will he what? get something out of his mouth or not <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Listen, what that fear will is it real be?
0: can i just tell you that fear is real on this Brad's Fred's thinking thing. the
1: same thing. Brad's yeah. thinking the same
2: thing. What's about to happen? <laughs> Am I going to leak state secrets? <laughs> <As if he laughs>
0: the Rosenbergs them. over here. Anyway. Oh, deep uh, cut. That is a deep cut. So, nice. Uh, um, anyway, so uh, what are we doing? Oh, hey, anyway. we just got oh, back anyway. from... We just got back from Spirit and Truth Conference. Well, I say just got back. I like uh, when this airs like two weeks ago. Two weeks um, ago. But uh, guys, I had a great time. I
2: don't know about y'all. It was okay. (laughs) Oh, I knew it was coming. I knew that was coming. Can't just enjoy a moment, can you? (laughs) Not at all. Not Alan. No. Alan contrary Kason. Always so negative. You know Alan. I mean, never positive, never filled with joy.
1: I mean, there was great worship and uh, talks and uh I, you know found myself on my face several times, on my yeah. knees. It was okay.
0: Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> it was <all> right. <laughs> um Man, it was it was awesome. Um, it was amazing. Was there a moment for you guys that just um stuck out to you? Mm, just one. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot, but was there just one that you just like? There's, there's one that I just keep going back to for me. Well, besides there, the you, garlic fries I had at dinner.
1: Oh, those were good. Those, yeah, the endless, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was yours?
0: It was uh, so Kim Moss. Yeah, and you know she she's you know, got here. She's a, a prophet of the church, and she um, was doing this work a, of going around a, and a, a um, prophet. A prophet, a prophet prophet of the church. Okay, it's an office. It's a legit office. I know, right?
1: So that's like so. That was like one thing that I had to sort of get um, past my uncomfortableness, just because it's not of my. It's not a norm, right? It's not something. It's not um, um. But she did a really good job, and I'll bring it back to you, Brett. (laughs) She did a really good job of explaining. The Office of Profit and how yeah. she operates. And yeah. um, she was very respectful to the pastor there, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Reynolds, and uh, submitting to his leadership. Um, but she was amazing. She was amazing. She was.
0: And, I so, yeah, I did a, it,
2: go ahead, Jim. Well, I, I, I want to kind of give a little, a little bit of my own context on this before you get in, because the the idea of prophet and prophecy is is maybe uncomfortable for some right. who are not used to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. we were recently doing uh the Lectio course from Pete Gregg, and yeah. one of the sessions has to do with prophecy. And we did that last night at our church. Um, and of course, prophecy is not necessarily like Nostradamus predicting the future, it really right. is speaking, you right. know, right. speaking a word a word from the Lord on behalf of others. Um, and so it's beautiful. And and our church was our folks were just really blessed by, but so. I was I was equally like, okay, here we go. Um, because I had seen, and I'm just gonna name what I saw. Every prophet in the world over every election comes out and does crazy stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, let's let's just uh, let's let's be open to this moment. So Alan's absolutely right. Um, and then to listen, you can find her talk on the Spirit and Truth substack. If it's not mm-hmm. out now, it will be soon. And I would love I would love for y'all to listen to this because she was masterfully listening and sharing the scripture,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, in a very profound, deeply faithful, and prophetic. in a way that the way yeah, prophetic, where you can really hear, you know, the the voice of God came alive, and and what yeah. was this? This was Gideon.
0: Yeah, yeah, number um, six. Yeah, I mean, J- Judge of six, sorry, Judge of yeah. six.
2: So, I mean, the 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 voice of God really came came alive out of an ancient, ancient text, older than some. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So, just a just a beautiful thing, um, to listen. So, mm-hmm. go ahead, Brett. No. Um. So, you know, the pro- one of the things I
0: learned, uh, that I never really had put the two and two together was there's a difference between prophecy which all believers have the spirit of, like we can, we can do that. We can tap into that. Some are stronger than others with it, but we can all tap into that. But then there's the office of prophet, much like an office of elder or office of, you know, um, Deacon or something like that—the the office of, which is a different thing altogether. You know, when I get into uncomfortable situations where I don't know about somebody, I do what everybody does, and I go—I just—I go to Facebook, right? Like I go and I start Facebook stalking these people um, oh, because I—I I just want to see kind of what. And yeah. one of the things about Kim uh, Dr. Moss was her humility. Like she is one of the most. Like sometimes when you see these pop people who are quote unquote prophets. Their, the, their humility is not a, uh, should I say, strong suit for them. But for her, um, she has this great humility about her that was evident um, in the conference. But um, she had this moment um, back during the election where she got caught up in this whole political thing. And she even says it's the first time she's ever really done that. Like she's never – and she was wrong in some of her um, – Prophecy and some of her words that she was getting, and she admitted it. At the end, she admitted it. She said, "I was wrong. I went to my uh, my board of directors. I went to my the people um, who supervise me, and I, uh, you know, we there was correction and there was a uh, place of repentance and all. Y'all, that's huge. That's yep. huge. We're not gonna. None of us, as a pastor, I get things wrong all the time. But how often do I go to my you know, SBRC chair or my chairman of my uh, leadership forum and go, hey, Gabe, I was wrong. I was wrong at this, you know, Uh, that I I, I took a lot away from that, her humility Mm -hmm. in that and kind of her repentant story in that. But at the conference, you know, one of the things she did, I have never, and I don't guess you guys have ever seen this done either. There was two hundred, what two hundred, two hundred fifty people in that it room. was Like
1: probably in that room is like right around two hundred people. Yeah,
0: yeah, two hundred people in that room, um, and she, after giving a what forty five minute to an hour Easy. sermon, yeah. easily, which was felt like it was fifteen minutes, um, she had everyone in the room line up against the wall around the room, and she went around and prayed for, and laid hands on every person in the room. Yeah. Alan, Jim, and myself, we were at the end of that line with some other clergy because we had gotten we had been praying over people and some other things. So we were at the end. It was like two, two and a half hours.
1: Yeah. We we started at seven and we didn't leave till eleven o'clock.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it was yeah. amazing yeah. <laughs> to watch her do that. Like I've seen people do altar calls, pray over people, but it's very specific to those who come. She just went to them and to everybody and did it. Like I was, I thought when she would get to our group of about six or seven of us coming we were are at, kind of at the end, she was going to be like, put her hand up and go, y'all are great. Lord loves you. Bye.
1: Well, bless you and keep you.
0: <laughs> because that's what I would have done. But man, she, 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 she was all in to the end. Um And the, the amount of stamina and just, just, I don't stick to itness for doing that. It was an amazing, amazing thing to see. Um, so I, that that moment was, and you know, she had a great word of knowledge over me, and I know she did you guys and others. And it was, it was just powerful. It was just powerful. So that was that's kind of what I that's the that's the moment, the one moment that stuck with me, um, over the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, so um, I guess for me, um, I just had several moments. I just the whole conference was uh, a way of God speaking into my life um, in ways that I needed Him to. Um, yeah, that um, really just confirmed a lot of things, and so still processing all of that. Yeah, um, I guess you know, Kim Moss. That that the night that was the last night, and then we had a morning session the next morning, and it ended. So that morning session, Maddie Wofford spoke. And, uh, she was amazing. And I, I right. just confess that I was <laughs> just putting it out in there that I was least looking forward to her talk. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why, but she just freaking knocked it out of the park. She talked about the Asbury revival and her experience, but yeah. she did it through the lens of John the Baptist, which was a really neat. And if you're, if you're not on the Substack with, um, with spirit and truth, I do encourage you to, to to, um, subscribe to it and you'll get those talks but um yeah. as she was talking um the lord had me a, gave me a word for her um and I'm not going to go into details of that but I went and shared it with her that was something new to me but I think it was because of what we had experienced with Kim the night before mm-hmm. it, okay, this is possible, right? Yeah, Um, absolutely. And, um, it was, you know, so like, as Maddie's talking, I'm having this inner dialogue with the Lord saying, okay, is this from you? And is what am I supposed to do with this? Am I supposed to, you know, and I did, and she received it. And then of course, you know, in God's graciousness, uh, she, she, she prays over me and has a word, has words for me. And so it's just like, um, um, I love, I love the way Kim defines, um, prophecy is that it's meant to build up and to encourage the church. Brian. Like it's not about con- condemning the church. It's not about right. um, condemning a person. The words that, that you give through the gift of prophecy are meant to build up and to lift up and to encourage the church right. and the body and believers. right? Um, and when you see it through that lens, you really can't be wrong. Like right. you can, I mean, I guess, of course, in Kim's case, when she got into political things, she can be, but it's like, we're so afraid of being wrong with mm-hmm. things like this, um, mm-hmm. that we just, we just, we just shut it down. We don't even, we don't even, we don't even, um, try. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, um, it's okay to be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, but you can give those guidelines.
0: I mean, you know, uh, you're going to build up somebody. So, anyways. Um, and sometimes being wrong um, could be, or do you have a fate to step out and do this? Like Alan, I think you, you, I think it was you, it was yeah. you actually who yeah. this weekend were talking to me about something, and just kind of affirming, like, you know, you, you, you know, stepped out, you did something in faith. Yeah. So, even if that, nothing happens,
1: even if nothing happens, even if nothing comes from it, it's right. the simple act of obedience where you felt the Lord move you in a direction to say something or to do something, and even if nothing you can see comes of it, it's simply the act of being obedient it's It's hearing right. the voice of the Lord and doing what He tells you to do
0: that's right um
1: and that's all that all that's all the Lord requires is that everything else is up to the lord and and amen. and others, so it's just um you know um. Yeah. Thats a good that's word, what I'm I mean slowly, very Learn. very, very slowly and stubbornly learning, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, so to oh, kind of nuance that a little bit, um Pete Gregg talks about uh you know when God speaks, uh he does it for you, but he also does it for others, and so that's kind of you know a very basic understanding of prophecy that um uh encourages and affirms the church and and you may you've probably experienced prophecy. Many, many times. I, I would I would yeah. almost say, I don't think this holds up completely, but if you've ever been encouraged deeply by another believer, then you've experienced the gift of prophecy, right? Oh, yeah. I think I so. Think, you, I you think prob- that's
1: uh, pr- very close. Yeah. Yeah. No. But the word uh.
2: prophecy has like, you know, some kind of weird weight to it, right? Like, like um, almost like a
1: boogeyman yeah, thing. Yeah. You may and... not
2: have associated with the word. And so Pete Gregg uh, has this neat little ABC. Yeah. Alan, you might remember this. Yeah. He um, says, an ABC guide, if, to, to, is, is a word, is something that you're sensing from God for somebody else, is it, is it like that? And, and the idea is, is it affirming? Mm-hmm. Uh, does it strengthen somebody or others by encouraging, comforting, edifying, or uplifting? That's mm-hmm. the A. Is it B, biblical, consistent with the broad teaching and witness of Scripture? Is it C, Christ-like? Does it, does it reflect christ uh, the kind of person he was and the kinds of things that he is saying and would say. And so we got to put a, put aside this sense of like, I am super special um, and God has given me something that he'll give no one else. Or uh, I have a, you know, a word, you know, I'm going to predict the entire future. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that kind of prophecy is a little bit different. Um, and then, and then the office of prophet. So we've really gone off, off of uh, <laughs> <laughs> off of the I would say the deep end here, but that's not what I mean, but just off of our our Tifa topic. Our top, yeah. But for for me, so the conference is uh, this is my second year going and I've gone with with these guys the entire time. We're part of the Spirit Truth Network, and that's how mm-hmm. we got how I got connected. I'm super yeah. grateful. Um, it came like the weekend came at, at a very, very strategic Lord ordained time for me. Right. Um, yeah. and for me it was I, I don't have a moment, I've just got uh, an overall sense of um it being enveloped by the comfort and peace of God, yeah, um that I needed. um and you know, I, I want to continue just to live into. um, and it's the relationships uh, that you build when you are together in the presence of the lord, you you know it in your local church. But that's one of the things that was really beneficial uh, and beautiful for me is there's there's lifelong relationships just over two years of going over a weekend um that're being built there. Um, and one of the things that I think our Spirit and Truth uh, leaders and friends would tell you is that there's nothing that happened there that does not happen all of the time in any grouping of believers. Boom. Yeah. Um, or, they can. Right or they can. Yeah. Um right. And so the, the idea of the Spirit and Truth Conference, moving away from the idea of a big conference where they download professional and inspiring information to you, um, and then focusing instead on just creating space for people to meet with the Lord is something that we can all do all the time. And I think it's a matter of what's your intention and openness and surrender. Like, do I want to do that? Do I want to create space? Do I want to be open to have space in me? Do I want to help facilitate? What is the word? Alan, you talk about facilitating space.
1: Creating, just creating space. Yeah. Facilitating,
2: creating, and stewarding space Uh, for the Spirit of God, for people to meet with God and one another in deep ways. Um, And God does amazing things. And guess what? Um, You can do that on no budget. Absolutely. Because God is all riches um, and always present and desires. This is the one thing that I think is important to remember, is that God desires to pour out His goodness and holy love on all people. God desires to do that. And it's fascinating that maybe we're the ones who prevent that from happening sometimes. Sure. Um, That's a good word. Yeah. Driving yeah. and pushing. And so for me, the Spirit and Truth Network, uh, Spirit and Truth Ministry, the conference, it's just a great way to remember look, God is beautiful and we can know Him and experience Him and we can do that together. And, and it's not something that is relegated or confined. To a special moment. Now, praise God that we have moments where we can escape and worship together. Right. Um, But that's what it is. It's escape and worship together to be in the presence of God. Not so much that I need to go somewhere else to get something special um, that professionals are giving to Mm -hmm. me. Right. But that I am with people who care to steward and create space for the Spirit of God to work. Exactly. Exactly. There's my spiel. (laughs) Welcome.
0: That's good. And y'all, as Wesleyans, we believe God is still moving, that the Spirit is still moving, that the gifts of the Spirit are still a thing, and they're viable, and they're useful for the building up of the church, um, that they didn't cease um, at some point in history. As Wesleyans, we hold on to
2: the. Yeah, yeah, we are not
0: John MacArthur. No, Uh, No, we're not. (laughs) The Spirit working is not strange fire. (laughs) That's exactly right. So that's an important thing, is for the edification of the body of Christ um, and for us to to lift high the name of Jesus together. so,
2: so let, um, let me let me let me say this real quick. And if we don't get into the content until next episode, praise God. <laughs> um, so, I would venture to say, not just as Westlands, but if we are in fact, Trinitarian Christians, yes, yes, what we what we recognize is that God is present and active through the spirit, mm. right? That is the the biblical and classical understanding of the spirit is that the Spirit is the advocate and the teacher and the comforter and the empowerer now. So God the Father is all-encompassing, seeking, uh, willing, and desiring, and enabling things for His will. Christ is risen and ascended and seated at the right hand of the father and that's one of the things that people struggle with i can't see god well if if we are trinitarian we believe that god is present by his spirit mm, and active right. and god desires still to speak and that's how god continues to speak mm-hmm. enlivening the scripture and speaking through and working in the lives of people and throughout the world so it's I, it's it's almost like if you are a trinitarian christian you almost it almost brings with it that God is active and still working in the world now. Absolutely. Um. It. Uh. This is
0: why we we practice things, the sacraments, right? Uh. Alan said this weekend. So Alan and I served on a walk to Emmaus this weekend, this past weekend, um, of the recording of this episode. And Alan, you kept when you talked about communion, one of the things you said that I think hit home so well. And I'm going to paraphrase you, then you can correct me. Is um that in communion, Jesus is here. Like this is, this is, Jesus presence, Like the power, the and through and this presence of the Spirit, like the right. presence of God. Let's let's put it this way: in communion, in baptism, as a sacrament, is this a pillar of cloud and pillar of fire moment for the church where the presence of God is right there among us and it's really um, it's all visible like in the bread and then the, like the presence of God is among us right
1: absolutely yeah the holy spirit um you know makes real i mean for us the body and blood of christ uh, that yeah. we christ wants to meet us at the table mm-hmm. um and um, so god's presence is there um i mean yeah. it's not just a these aren't just um, it's not just obedient bread juice. acts. It's, yeah, not it's not just, just obedient juice.
2: acts to remember a thing that happened before. Yes,
1: right, right. It's not just. It's not a. It's not a memorial service. Um, we are. Um, Christ is embodied um, mm-hmm. in this way that we don't fully understand. We right. just know yes. that when it happens, when we when we take it, that Christ is there. The Holy Spirit is there. Um, God's God's presence is there. Um, yeah. and, and, and 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 yeah, I mean, this whole thing is just. A, God just desires for us to make space. We just don't have any space. We don't make any space for the Lord to do what the Lord wants to do, um, anymore. And, um, and that's really what this conference, it was really, I mean, I, I was looking forward to the speakers and the speakers were great. Um, but really it was all about making space. It was just, there was just tons yeah. of space for us to sort of, you know, digest what the Lord was speaking through these, these people, and then just to be with the Lord, just to,
2: yeah. I'm gonna you know. I'm gonna tell you. Um, I I didn't look at the speaker lineup at
1: yeah. all. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah that's uh, when I go thing. to
2: conferences, no, normally I normally I'm like, well, am I gonna pay for this? I'm gonna well, let me see who's talking. Um, I did know uh that David, this is David Watson and Steve yeah. Siemens were speaking. I did know that, but they're they've kind of become. Uh, I wouldn't say that we're friends. But I, we recognize each other, and I have high regard and love for them. Mm-hmm. And so I was excited for that. But when, when I thought about coming to the Spirit and Truth Conference, and when I think about going to any gathering in the future, mm-hmm. I was just more looking forward to, hey, I know when I, when I am with these friends, mm-hmm. I know that it's safe to be open to God, and they're really going to encourage me and, mm-hmm. and really kind of push me to do that. So it's mm-hmm. more about, hey, I'm going to have a weekend in the presence of God, um, that that is beautiful. So yeah. let let me. So I'm going to make an executive decision. Uh, yes,
1: um, but just go with the spirit. I know where you're yeah, going. We're I not know, yeah. we're
2: not we're not going to be able to. T- when we come together next for next episode, we're going to yeah. talk about humanity and the image of God in the yes. Wesleyan theology. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I want to I want to touch base on this because it's not just the Spirit and Truth Conference because I don't want people to think, well, I didn't go. This doesn't yeah. matter to me. Right. right? So, But it does tie in. So we've been doing, the three of us, for uh, three years now, almost three years. Almost three years, yeah. We've been walking together with you all, um, just really living into um, what Christians believe and why it matters. And throughout the process, it's really challenged and transformed my ministry, uh, my my concept and values of ministry in ways that I'm still struggling with and still learning to understand. before we even have things like the three of us heading into the Spirit and Truth Conference and having some, some really special experiences of God's active work, just the understanding of a God who is triune mm-hmm. um, really has affected the way that I've been in ministry. More and more what I want to do, and, and honestly, Alan, like you mentioned, we all struggle to make space, what I want to do is I recognize that I cannot get enough techniques, I cannot get enough good ideas, I cannot get any of those things to engage, nourish, and influence the church. Yes. Right? I, I only have so many ideas, there's only so much energy, there's only so many techniques out there, I can't pick up all of the things that other churches are doing fast enough to be yeah, engaging enough. Exactly. What I want to do is I want to I want to follow the movement of the Spirit Come on, um, and that's not a that's not a that's not a strange, charismatic, right thing that's al- you know that that people who are not you know necessarily that are maybe more mainline and and frozen chosen would find weird. That's just the reality of who God is, and if that's charismatic, then maybe we all need more of it, right. um, yeah. because. God is the active agent in all of these things, and we forget that at our peril. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a book that we've read called uh, God's Agency, Mission, etc. We'll put a link in the notes, but um, it's just a reminder. Look, I am not the active agent. You are not the active agent, and there's nothing that I can do that will ever be better than what God does. In fact, the things that I do out of my own agency as a a pastor or as a Christian leader in community relationships— they will pale and maybe even harm what God would rather be doing, mm-hmm. and so that's a it's a little bit of a paradigm shift. All right. So now, what I want to do, like I'm a workaholic. I don't know if y'all know this or not. A perfectionist no, workaholic. Not you. Uh, no. Perfectionist workaholic. Yeah. It's a, it's a horrible curse. Um, but now I want to put on my calendar. Listen to God.
1: Hmm. Yeah,
2: come on. And that's going to be through that's going to be through the things I've always done. Right. Right? Scripture, prayer, Christian conferencing, study, you know, physical activity, all of these things. But it's a different it's a different space. It's a it's a slight mental shift that changes things. Because I know that I cannot do what God wants done unless I open myself, steward others Make space for God to do what God wants to do, and that is more courageous than stepping up, making big, bold decisions, and using the authority and power of position to move people and influence people. Um, it's a different space. Yeah. If God is, if God is Triune, if God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the Father wills the ministry of the church that people will become whole, holy, and well. And that the church in any given place would be a place of worship, glory, and for sending people to spread the good news. If all that is true, and that Christ has made it possible, and the Spirit is enabling us to do it, then it is incumbent upon me as a leader, as a pastor, as a friend, father, and husband, to yield myself more and more and more and more. Now, what that means is my struggles today are less about how am I going to achieve this? What am I going to do about this church issue matter? How am I going to take the next step in growth? The struggle for me is how can I find the what I need to put down the distractions that are keeping me from the Lord? Oh, goodness, now I can't work my way out of these um, sinful quirks, um, those kinds of things. Now, that's the, that's the hard work for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if it makes any sense. Praise God. I just. Amen. Yeah. No. That, but this, absolutely. But this is. But this is. This is the thing. If God is how we have been understanding and talking about God, then that means a huge paradigm shift for me personally. I, I can't. I don't want to say we all or speak for everybody in the world, but just to testify to those experiences and understandings in my life and ministry.
0: Yeah. yeah. And very practically, I mean, like the the calendar thing, right? Like if you. If you live and die by the calendar like some of us do, because it just fills up, right? How many times do we say, I don't have time for this? Even if you don't keep a, a detailed calendar, you're living and dying by the calendar every time you say, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for this. But if you take that moment and you say, okay, I'm going to make time for this, like you put it in the calendar, you you put it there, that gives you a better chance to actually do it, right? Spend time with Jesus during this time, to spend time with Jesus during this time and so, in different, different ways. Um,
1: so uh, just keeping it also practical too. Um, just one of the things um, actually myself and another church member felt really led to um, um, open our church on Mondays from seven to eight thirty in the morning for, for a time of prayer. Um, we said we're doing it during Lent, but we're probably going to keep you doing it <laughs> even yeah. after Lent. Yeah. Um, it's something that was done a while back, um, and then just kind of fizzled out. Um, mm-hmm. and I think we maybe have had 15 people max, um, for a Monday morning. Um, yeah. but also, um, I have communion elements in our prayer chapel, kind of as you're walking, as you're going back, as you're leaving after your time of prayer. And I'm just going to be honest with you. There's nothing magical, but, man, Monday mornings have become, like, my favorite day. Uh, yeah. Mondays have become my favorite day. And it's not really um, – so, I, I don't know. And it's just really creating space. Um, that's all that's, all, all that's taking place. It's creating space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the – it's like this overflow. It's, I guess it's an overflow from Sunday into Monday, the mm-hmm. space that we make at the beginning of the week, and then – just these holy conversations that have taken place um, on these Mondays as we go through, as I go throughout the day. Um, again, I don't, I don't, you know, nothing's magic or anything. It was just this, 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 this creating space, but really Mondays have become some of my favorite days. Um, I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you going to, what are you doing today? What are you like, how, you know, what's going to happen today? What kind what, who's, who's going to show up today and who's going to, um, what kind of conversation am I going to have today? And I, and I guess that's a little bit of a like what Jim was talking about this mindset of like, um, I'm more in tuned with what the Lord is doing and more in uh, anticipating what the Lord is doing versus just, oh, it's Monday, you know? Um, yeah.
0: Um, um creating space you know that's been the phrase over i mean even since before matt reynolds came on the show and was talking about creating space for encounter with god that's been a a an important thing that's been just in my mind um uh, for a while and honestly like that's if we're crea- so, we're not talking really de- in depth about the uh, image of God today. We'll do that next time. But if we're created the image of God, think back to that Genesis passage, Genesis one, Genesis two, right, of creation, uh, especially Genesis one, this poetic uh, song of of worship to the to to Yahweh who created everything, right? And yes, it uses this day day language, right? Um, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, right? And we get so caught up in the day thing, you know, 24 hours, this, that, whatever. Yeah, how old is the earth, blah, blah, blah. I think that those discussions, we lose the force for the trees with that because we we miss what's actually happening in Genesis 1. In Genesis 1, days 1, 2, and 3 is a creation of space by God. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? He created space. Um, he said, let there be light, right? Um, and we see that, so he's creating this space in days one, two, and three. Days four, five, and the ha- first half of uh, day six, he is filling that space. Yep. He's filling that space. And so we're, as, as created in the image of God, it's, it's, it's within our very created nature, even marred to want to create space. Now, we create space for things all the time, all the time, every day, every minute of the day. We create space. And most of the time, we create space for things that bring us pleasure, bring us joy, bring us fulfillment, even if it's um, even sometimes to our own detriment. But what God is calling us back to do is to make space for Him. Like we're, that's part of who we are is to be a people, to be creatures who create space for encounter with our Creator. Which means we have to set aside from time to time things that we, that we want to do, and we want to fill that space. We have to set that aside. That's all part of what it means to be obedient. Uh, what it means to be changed and transformed, to not be, as Paul writes in Romans, not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Uh, which he would say is a spiritual act of worship like that's that's what worship is is that transformation. So we trans uh, our minds, our bodies, everything about us is transformed and we create space for encounter with God. I just think that Genesis one passage it just keeps coming back to me over and over and over again about um, the work of God and then subsequent if that's the work of God and we're creating the image of God then then this needs to come together somehow.
2: Yeah, let me let me grab just a a quick tie-in to what we'll be talking about in the next episode with the image of God. So, if you're looking at the Genesis passage when God creates humankind as in in His image, He really sets us up as stewards over all creation.
0: Yeah, that's Uh, right. So you have
2: you have these two concepts of space and stewardship, Um, and when I tie this back into um, kind of the testimonies that we've been sharing and how that matters to us, and I guess I'm speaking my testimony to. Maybe leaders of all stripes here. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think about uh, an amazing book that that I've read that I can't shake either. It's called The Steward Leader by Scott Roden, mm-hmm. and he talks about really really two modes of of leadership. And it's the owner leader where things are mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I create space, I create space to fill it with myself. Yeah. Um. And to fill it with things that mm-hmm. I can take ownership over. Um. And then versus a steward leader, which I know that nothing nothing of this is mine at all, and it's my responsibility to steward it and to um, to really do the work of helping it to grow into the fullness of what God has for it. So when I am uh, living into the true image of God as a, as a Christian leader, whether it's in the church, in your workplace, neighborhood, when I'm living into the fullness of what it means to be created and redeemed into the image of God, then I am stewarding those things I am not making it of my own, um, and so that space I'm not going to fill with things that will fulfill me. Mm. Uh, meaning, and and this is this is a very, very, very minute deep cut for for leaders to think about. Every decision, you can really ask the question: Who who is being served here? Who is being stewarded here? Am I owning this for the results of of my own gain, and and it's a subtle shift, um, or am I? using uh, any influence, leadership, anything that I have to to help facilitate the Lord's work in the space in front of me, be it in a person, be it in a gathering, be it in an entire ministry. And so to steward those things versus to own them is to really take seriously that God is who God says he is, who we really believe that God is, and that God is active in the world. And if I am created in the image of God that I am, among many other things, a steward and the people in front of me are also created in the image of God, meaning that God has desires, hopes, and plans for them, and they're worth me giving of myself to, to really facilitate or expend myself that they might receive what God has for them. And so if, if you're thinking about, like, okay, so we're talking about a couple of experiences. We're talking about the doctrine of Imago Dei. We're talking about... um the active spirit of God and the triune God. And that and, and in these ways, that's how that matters and works itself out in real Christian life and in real Christian leadership. Um, right. And so I guess we're talking mainly to pastors and Christian leaders, but I will assert that anybody who listens to this probably has more influence in the lives of others than they think. And so more than likely, you are a spiritual leader in some aspect of your life. Well, and
1: I think part of that book was even suggesting that we're all steward leaders. Um, exactly. We're all called to be steward leaders. So, um, yep. yeah, no, I think that fits. Man, this has been awesome. The Holy Spirit, man, like, yeah, we, this is that. not the plan, folks. This no. is not the plan. It was good. Yeah. Um, Start talking yeah. about
0: what God has done and doing, and man, he knows where it's...
1: <laughs> Can't stop talking.
0: <laughs> Can't stop talking. Um, as we wrap up uh, this, uh, we'll call it a special episode. There we go. Um, on reflecting on Ooh. spirit and truth. Um can I leave us with a uh, word of a word of Scripture from uh, that I've just I led to read? I reckon. This is from Colossians. Um, so Colossians, you'll, you've heard us talk a lot about Colossians with uh, Colossians first, uh, ch- chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, uh, th- uh, 23, um, which is the sun is the image of the invisible God passage. But I'm actually going to back up and start at verse 3, because I think this uh, ties this conversation together very well. We always uh, thank—this is Paul writing, and um, he says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ and of the love you have for all of God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you, in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. I just love that, by the way just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from um, Apaphras, uh I didn't pronounce that name right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister um, of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, and this is where I want to lock in, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, We have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. And giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son, he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That he may fill you, that he may fill you, that he may fill you. Um, That that's my prayer for us three, but also for our listeners. Today, all right, Potty Humans. We uh, hope that you have enjoyed this episode. And uh, uh, we don't know what Spirit and Truth is going to be doing with a conference. They're still trying to figure out uh, what next year is going to look like. Um, if they have a conference, we hope you'll go and experience uh, God in the way that uh, God just pours Himself out. Um, and then, um, but if not, if you would support Spirit and Truth. Uh, we'll have links on our show notes for you to go look into the, all the resources that um, that are there. Um, we appreciate you so much, and until next time, when we will get in to the TFOD and the start talking about the image. We well, we we will probably plan. will
2: we, we probably. Is, is, I mean, maybe. I mean, it's a pot, It's a possibility. We we, we more than likely Just, yeah, pity, pity. but I wouldn't really <laughs> put money on it. <laughs> bitty, 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 bitty. Bitty, bitty. Yeah. <laughs> 75.30. That's not even good math. 75.30. All right, ladies and gentlemen, right. we are a pot, we're a theology podcast, not a math podcast. Have a great day, podic humans. We'll see you next time. Peace out, y'all. Bye.